Welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you for joining me. Boy, burnout is real. I've been really struggling the last few weeks, filled with exhaustion and losing a little bit of motivation. And it's been a long time since I took a vacation, uh, a real vacation, I should say. The last time I went to Mexico, it was a rough one. My husband couldn't come because he didn't get his passport in time. It had expired before the trip. And I worked most of the time I was there. And my son argued with his two buddies that were on the trip. We had dealt with a COVID situation. It was just so stressful. It was not a vacation. And that was really the last time that I thought, oh, this is going to be relaxing. And then I persevered all summer long and it's caught up. So I started thinking a lot about burnout and like, how do we avoid it as leaders? And how do we make sure that our employees aren't burning out? And it really starts with us as leaders first. So we can't expect our employees to take care of themselves if we don't model what taking care of ourselves looks like. And we can't expect people to take time off or to not work ridiculous hours if we don't do that too. I remember a couple of years ago, I had an employee get upset with me for sending emails at four o'clock in the morning. And my response to him was, well, I mean, that's what time I get up. So why are you worried about me sending emails at four o'clock in the morning? Just read them when you get up. And he said, because the message that you send to me is that I should be up that this early sending emails and working and that you want an immediate response because why else would you be sending me an email at four o'clock in the morning? And I said, well, I'm just crazy. I just get up that early. I like to get up that early and get my workout done and get a couple of things done. So it has nothing to do with what my expectations of you are. I mean, sleep, please don't be like me. It's not, not okay to get up that early all the time. But I really appreciated that feedback because I realized that I set the tone. And I'm responsible for making sure that I model the type of behaviors that I want my employees to, to model. So if your organization is one that says, hey, we want work-life balance, you need to take care of yourself, mental health is important to us, physical health is important to us, wellness is important to us, you have to model that as a leader. And so I decided to stop sending emails at four o'clock in the morning they have a handy dandy little setting in Outlook that you can uh, you can save all of your emails in in a queue and it'll send them out at eight o'clock in the morning instead of at four o'clock in the morning. Or you can just leave them in your draft and send them or you can just not type emails at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, but I I liked that because now I don't set that expectation with my employees that they need to be up that early and they need to respond that early. And I think that that's way healthier. I also want to talk a little bit about self-care. So my motto is self-care is a discipline, not a luxury. And so many of us treat it like a luxury. Uh, we don't have time for massages. We don't have time for exercise. We don't have time to meditate. We don't have time for this or for that. But we have time for all of the other things that fill up our schedules. But if we're not taking care of ourselves, then we can't show up to be our very best selves to perform at a high level, whether you're a leader or an individual contributor. If you want to be successful, you need to be a top performer. And to be a top performer does not mean work, 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 work. It means that you need to, to rest and to recover so that you can be at your very best. And this is very counterintuitive for many people because 
I, I myself, I used to think like, I just have to put in the hours. I have to say yes to everything. I have to do, 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 go, go, go to prove that I'm successful. And I have found that by stepping back and taking more time for myself, I'm actually way happier, way more productive and way more successful. So my self-care is that I get a massage every Friday morning. Um, it is my ritual. It is the number one way that I reduce my stress and I take that time for me. I also make sure that I get some form of exercise uh, every day. Now that is what my body needs. I know that's not what everybody's body needs, but for me, moving my body is a very important thing. So whether it's a hard workout on my Peloton, a mountain bike ride, lifting weights, going for a trail run, just doing yoga, or just simply going for a walk, I try to move my body every day. And that is a very good self-care method. I also do a lot of meditation. Uh, it's really good to quiet my mind. I'm constantly thinking, 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 and it's on all the time. And I found that when I really quiet my mind and I connect with myself and I connect with my breath, that my stress reduces dramatically. And now I've been really playing around with this whole idea of meditating when thinking about very highly charged positive emotions like gratitude and empowerment and joy. So I think about something that makes me really happy, like something fun to do with my son, how I'm proud of him. And I let that feeling of joy sit in my body and I meditate and that really raises my mood and helps me uh, stay in a better place all day, even when tough stuff comes my way. So to avoid burnout, you have to do these things and you have to model it as a leader. And as a leader, you need to be paying attention to what's going on with your employees so that they feel like it's safe to practice self-care too. So I had an employee a couple of months ago get COVID and she was really sick and I reached out to her to touch base and I said, you know, you just need to take a little bit more time off. Like there's no point in, in rushing, coming back. Like, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. You need to take care of yourself. And she did. She took a couple more days off and, and she called me when she was back at work and she said, I just want you to know, I really appreciate you giving me permission to do that. And I know that you believe that self-care is a discipline and not a luxury. And because you say those things and because you model those things, it made it feel safe for me to be able to do that. And that was one of the best pieces of feedback, one of the best compliments that I could have ever have received. And it proved and it validated that the way that I show up, the way that I model self-care, the way I model avoiding burnout is being watched by all of my employees. And so I want to be a good role model for them. Another thing that I do to really monitor that burnout is I pay attention to people's facial expressions and, and moods and energy, even on Zoom. If you're looking at people and watching, are they crossing their arms? Are they looking away? Are they distracted? You know, what is their tone like? How are they participating? You can get a pretty good idea of how people are feeling at least enough to pick up the phone and call afterwards or say, Hey, can you stay on for a minute after the zoom meeting? I want to check on you. And that feeling of being cared about and 
and and knowing that your boss is noticing what's going on is really important to employees. So this happened uh, with me again a couple of months ago. A different one of my employees was really struggling. I could see that she was not in a good place, and I asked her, you know, hey, what's going on? And she she broke down and she shared with me that she feels inadequate and that the only way that she can prove herself and prove that she's successful, prove her worth to the team is just by doing more, by, by being overly prepared because that she's not really good at anything else. And that is not how I experience her. It's like, you are a rock star. You are over preparing. You are overthinking these things to your detriment. You are a valuable member to, to this team and you are going to burn yourself out if you keep this pressure on yourself. So let's talk about ways to work through this. First, do you feel this pressure from me? Is there something that I can do as your, as your manager to, to change the way that I'm approaching it? She said, no, I know I can talk to you about anything. You work through me when deadlines aren't going to be missed. You help me prioritize. This is something that I really do to myself. Okay. You're an incredibly valuable member of this team, and I want you to be healthy for a long, long time here. Would you consider coaching? Could we get you a coach that could intermix business and, and life coaching to help you understand where this insecurity and where this drive to achieve at all costs and over prepare at all costs is coming from? And she said, yes, I'm definitely open to that. I don't want to be like this. I need to understand where my anxiety, where my worry comes from so that I can work through this. And I said, no problem. Let's do a six-month coaching uh, session and let's see if this will help you. And right there, that thing helped avoid burnout for her. Uh, I talked to her a couple days after that phone conversation and she was like, I feel a million times better just being able to talk about it and know that I have a plan to address it has been helpful. And that was before coaching even started. And so that's an easy thing that you can do if you have a key member on your team who is really close to burning out. The other thing is require vacations. We require everybody at Stone Age to take at least a two-week vacation. They have to. Now, it doesn't have to be taken all at once, but you have to take two weeks off and go and unplug and recharge. And this is such an important thing for that rejuvenation. Uh, some people take more time off. We try to be really flexible and work with people and what their time off needs are. But at a minimum, you have to take two weeks off. And, uh, and I think that helps us avoid burnout too. So, you know, all of this is to be said is that burnout is definitely real. It's never been more real than it is today. Uh, I think the pandemic has proven that people are feeling isolated and disconnected and fearful. Everything is changing, which will hopefully bring us to a better place in this whole new way of working, which needed to change because the grinding it out for, you know, decades on end for a little pittance of a retirement is just not the future. It is not a sustainable way for human beings to live and contribute and give value back to the world. So I hope that the way that we leaders view burnout, the way we leaders are viewing work and how we can affect, positively affect that and change the way that we show up so that we can address these issues before they become major, major concerns. I read an interesting statistic list this week that said that in the U.S. alone, mental health issues caught 
cost the U.S. economy over $40 billion annually. Like that is exceptional. That is because people are coming to work not feeling great, having substance abuse issues, having marital issues, having uh, confidence issues, burning out. And that is a very real cost. And if we don't address it, it's only going to get worse. I've definitely looked at burnout differently and really trying to deeply understand where it comes from and how I can lead myself through it, how I can help lead my employees through it so that we have a healthier, happier work environment, a more engaged, more productive work environment, and that we're not contributing to this crazy loss of productivity because we are not addressing the issues that people face due to burnout, due to poor mental health. Okay. That's my spiel for today. Uh, hopefully that inspired you to really take a look at your own self-care uh, practices so you can take better care of yourself as a leader, really role model what healthy behaviors and actions look like in your own health and well-being, and then recognize it in your employees so that you set up policies and practices that encourage people to say, hey, time out. I'm not doing okay. I need a break. I need some stuff off my plate. I need a couple of days off. I need to go for a walk. You know, I need to talk to a counselor. I need a coach. There's all kinds of things that we can do that really will help our, our teammates get through, through these tough times. All right. My question of the week is how do you use storytelling to improve your leadership? So this came from a person at a, a conference that I was at this past week. And I love this question because storytelling is what I do. And storytelling is such an amazing way to connect with people. We all love stories, right? That's why we sit down and we binge watch. <laughs> Maybe we're avoiding burnout because we're binge watching, but we all sit there and binge watch Netflix shows because we love the story. We spend billions of dollars a year annually going to the movies or watching movies because we love the stories. Stories are not going away. Stories are how we connect, how we feel things, how we are inspired, how we're motivated. So being able to tell a great story as a leader is such a powerful way to connect with your employees and your customers. There are all kinds of trainings out there and things you can read about storytelling and how to weave it into what you do and you know, what the specific makeup is of uh, storytelling and you know how to to uh, to create that drama, that emotional connection. But I just have a few couple things that I do that are really easy ways to get started, especially if you feel like you're not a storyteller. So the first thing that is really important is in stories is that you have to have conflict. There has to be a problem that you're solving with your story. You need to hook people with that like, oh gosh, I'm going to learn something from here. I can't wait to hear what happens next in that story. So when I am talking to my employees uh, at a company meeting or I'm public speaking, I always think about what is that message that I want to leave the audience with and how I'm going to hook them with emotion. So make sure you have that hook in your story. The other thing that I try to do in storytelling is make sure that I have very clear takeaways so that people know 
This is why I listened to this story. Now in movies, they don't just come out and tell you these are the things that you're going to take away and then recap that at the end. But as business leaders, clarity is kindness. People want to understand what they are getting from your story. So I try to always recap my story with the key points. So for example, I'm giving a speech uh, in October on you building relationships to get to yes. I'm going to read my story of adversity and how I overcame my drug ad addiction, my drug issues through the ability to build relationships, how I got my job at Stone Age through the power of networking and building relationships, how I turned a tough relationship around with a key employee by building a relationship, all of these things. So I'm going to share these stories, but at the end, I want to make sure that everybody really understands. So then I'm going to say, if you want to get to yes, if you want to be able to influence people and turn things around and be successful, you need to do one, two, three, four, five things or one, two, three things and really make that clear at the end. And that way people have actionable takeaways from your stories. The other thing to think about when you're uh, telling a story is consider your facial expressions and consider the tone of your voice. So I've been working with my speech coach on this and uh, I love the feedback that she's giving me about using a, a, a stronger voice and using a softer voice and when to really do that. So think about the very best storytellers. Think about how a narrator of an audiobook goes and reads that story to you. How do you read stories to your kids? You want to weave those same types of things into your storytelling. So when it gets dramatic and you need to slow down and you need to make a point, do that. And then when the surprise happens and you realize like, yay, we can do this and this is how we're going to turn it around, you raise your voice and you make it exciting. And that's how you hook people into stories. So if you are not a good storyteller as a leader, I highly recommend you practice. There are great speech coaches out there. There is all kinds of great material out there that will teach you the components of storytelling. But the only way to be a good storyteller is to practice. So do the research, learn, and practice, and practice, and practice, and practice, and you'll get better at storytelling. All right. That is my show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I look forward to seeing you next week on Reflect Forward, where I have a, an amazing guest. You do not want to miss it. Uh, so excited to have him on my show. And until then, please like, subscribe, rate, write a review for this podcast. I very much appreciate it. Thanks so much. Have a great week.